Jewish Latin Princess, episode 143, Yael Bendahan, Digital Visibility and Marketing Strategist. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Happy Hanukkah, ladies. How was your Hanukkah so far? I hope well, despite everything that's going on, the whole COVID roller coaster. Boy, have we learned to, I don't know, surrender this year? Yeah, definitely surrender and to trust and to be flexible. In fact, I think those are going to be my top three words of the year, the top three lessons, surrender, trust, and flexibility. But (laughs) let's get to our exciting episode. This is a wonderful episode, actually. But before I do that, I do want to head over to the iTunes review section where I pick a review every week and I share it with you and anyone who posts a review, um, I, whoever I pick gets a chance to have a 20 minute call with me where we talk about anything related to your money or your life or your Jewish observance in general. It's really one of my favorite things to do to connect with my audience in this way. So head over to the iTunes section and leave me a review and then you'll get a chance for us to hang out together. I'm happy to offer perspective, advice, a listening ear, empathy, or all of it, whatever is needed at the moment. So this review comes from Brisker Chaya. She says, Yael is an inspiring woman. She offers us teachings and practical advice with deep conviction and wisdom about money. She speaks in such an exceptional way that when you listen, you immediately want to get get into that path of growth and financial freedom. I highly recommend it. That is so nice, Brisker, Bisker, Bisker Chaya. Thank you so much. Um, It's so funny that this is what I picked because it's actually very timely. This is from November. However, um, I've been running my financial freedom program. By the way, it sounds like Bisker Chaya has been listening to a lot of the money-related episodes, but we do have a lot of content in here. But the reason I so this is the reason why I say it's so timely because I've been running my financial freedom program in Spanish already twice consecutively. I'm I'm actually teaching it right now. I had finished it about a month ago. And I was planning on running it again in the spring. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it in English. I was planning on doing it in Spanish. But I've been getting a lot of requests to run the program in English, which I've done. I've done it twice earlier this year, um, before the summer, I believe. or We finished the last cohort in the summer, late in the summer. So ladies, I heard you. I've gotten the emails. I've gotten the DMs. And I will open the doors to the program in English end of January. But so what I'm doing right now, what is really exciting to me right now is that I'm going to open the, I'm opening up the wait list with the intention of giving everyone in the wait list early access to some amazing bonuses before your program officially opens door, doors. So all you have to do is go to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash wait list, and we will send you the information. Um, and you get to choose what language you want the program in. So I'm assuming that you want it in English. Um, so just click on the English and you'll hear from me. We'll get you all the info so that you can get access to amazing bonuses that I'm planning. Actually, I'm really excited to do this earlier um, 
think this earlier cohort, right, you know, and you'll obviously get your program, but you'll, we'll get to hang out together and do a lot of fun things before the program officially opens doors. So hit that wait list at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash wait list. Now let's talk about my guest today. Same name as I, similar strong energies. (laughs) She is a powerhouse and well, she is the brains behind the popular Facebook group, Powerhouse Women Entrepreneurs. Not sure if you know it, but it's one of my favorite groups. Yael Bendahan is here. She is a digital visibility and marketing strategist, which is something we all probably need right now. I mean, even if you're still in a more traditional role at work, I bet many of you are thinking of developing or are working on your side hustle with the aspiration to grow it. Um, in fact, that's kind of how I began. Whatever the case may be, the, the days of staying away or shying away from having a personal brand are over. So I think this episode is going to be very insightful for many of you. Yael and I met years ago in the online world, and we've kept in touch, I would say probably almost five years ago. She's built a business that serves her and her family from the comfort of her home, helping women scale their businesses with the right visibility and marketing strategy that works for them. She works with female coaches and service providers of all kinds and you'll hear it. She is full of grit and perseverance. And you'll you'll hear that very, very soon. We talk about the pain points and struggles that led her to start her own business, to focus on on the digital marketing space, and to continue to narrow that further. The role her family plays in any business decisions that she makes, what has she learned as an entrepreneur, and how does she structure her own time for visibility and marketing, something I was very interested in, her Judaism, and so much more. Here is the fabulous Yael Bendahan. Dahan, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? Thank God. How are you doing? I'm good, except you're probably better because you're all the way in Israel where I kind of wish I was. <laughs> I wish you were too. And you know, you were here. We still didn't see each other. So I don't know how that happened. But I forgot that you're right. When I was there for the bar yeah. mitzvah, we tried to see each other and we didn't see each other. You're right. You're right. You're right. But even prior to that, and that's why I made it a point to reach out when I when I went to Israel for the bar mitzvah, our paths did cross many moons ago. We were yes. both doing very different things, although I shouldn't say very different things. I think they were really the early seeds of or the earlier versions of what we both do today which it's a testament to all the listeners. Like there's always iteration. There's always pivoting. You know, there's always don't get frustrated before we jump in. I just want to say this. You have to be in the doing in order to get to that place. You can't just stay stuck in your head on your desk. But anyway, today you are a digital marketing and visibility strategist or a strategy expert, which is something that I happen to love. Um, I can't say I loved it five years ago, but the more I'm in it, the more I love it. And I think when women hear you talk about this, they will be convinced that they should definitely be upping their marketing and visibility game if they really want to serve and like watch it go highlight big cap letters. So (laughs) let's start from the beginning of your journey, because obviously you've had a whole progression. You were in the digital digital world in the online space, but you weren't really doing this when we met. So take us through the journey and kind of start connecting the dots for us, because I think that really helps people wherever they are. They help. It helps them see like, 
oh, there really was a progression and a journey here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know the story, but this, this journey actually goes way back to when I was 12. Okay. So this is like far back in the, in the past. Um, when I was 12, my family made Elia. Okay. From New York. And, um, I went from being a top student, um, like straight A's, like school was not even a thing for me to even like think about because it was so easy. And I just, I just loved it. Um, to basically new culture language. I didn't know really, really, really not easy. And it was, um, you know, as anyone who's been out now with, you know, older kids knows, even if the kids are up for it, even if they're into it, even if they like the idea of moving, it's still a big transition. And I was, not up to it, not into the idea of moving, very unhappy about the whole thing. And I had a very, very, very difficult transition um, and a very difficult high school, I guess, journey. Okay. And which culminated in me leaving high school after 11th grade. So I never even got a high school diploma. Um, I went to Gateshead, actually Gateshead old um, new Sam in um, like for my last year. So like instead of 12th grade, I went to there and then I did another year of seminary. Then I got married. So I like basically got married at the age of 18, no high school diploma, no college, nothing. And just like this, like kind of a yucky feeling about like the fact that my parents are a doctor and a lawyer. And I was basically Mm. relatively uneducated compared to them. And, um, do you think, do you think it was, it was transmitted or was just like, you felt like that? No, 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 no. My parents never said like there was no like, Oh, we're so disappointed in you. Whatever. I just felt like, I mean, I wanted to be a doctor. Right. And like, wow. that was my plan. Like even when I was like, when I was 12, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor like my dad. He's, he's an OBGYN in Jerusalem. He's amazing. And, um, I wanted to be a doctor like that or something big. Right. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to like, just kind of continue this trajectory. Cause I was doing so well in school. And then that kind of like went off track. And, um, I think that was a very, very big blow. I, th- I think that many of us who, um, and this is something that's interesting. It happened at a very young age, but like when we kind of have an identity, we have like that, we identify as a certain type of person. And then the identity like takes a very big blow, right? Like mm-hmm. you have the, if you have the identity as like, I'm a good student. And then suddenly you're not a good student because you don't really understand what's going on in school. Like that is like a really, really crushing blow to your self-esteem, especially as a teenager, especially, you know, when you're trying to find your place, um, you know, in the world and figure out, you know, who you are and what you're good at and everything. And it kind of really just made me feel really bad about myself. And I just kind of figured, you know what? I like kids. I like babies, you know? And when I got married, I was like, I guess I'll just do that. Right. I'll be a stay at home mom. My mother actually left her job as a lawyer to be a stay at home mom. So like that value was very much like, you know, ingrained into us, like being able to be home with your kids. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll just not just, it's not even just, I'll be a stay at home mom. I I'm good with that. Right. Like my husband's going to work. I would stay home. It was all going to be perfect. And that's what we did. Right. And, um, we moved, we lived in England for a few years and we moved back here to Israel. Um, just, it was just nine years ago. Like is literally nine years ago. He is British. Yeah. So I his family is there. That. Yeah. So we actually met, um, because his sister was engaged with me. So it was, a, it was a good thing. I went there in the end. And I was like, I kind of credit my high school difficulties to finding my husband because it wouldn't have ended up in Gateshead had I not had a hard time. But, um, but it was definitely like, it was definitely a journey. And I, and I didn't, I didn't feel hundred percent great about like not finishing high school, but like what I was going to do. Okay. I didn't do college. I'm like, okay, I'll just do the married thing. Right. Like I can do that. Right. So I, I had my first two kids in London. We moved back here. Um, and then I had two more boys. So I had four boys. And when I had, by the time I had my fourth baby, um, my husband 
came to me one day and he was like, listen, we were managing until now with one income, but we have four kids and they're getting expensive. Okay. We're starting school and there's just stuff. And, you know, you know, kids, as they grow, they just need more and more stuff. And, you know, you're, they just, I mean, speaking for myself, but they just eat a ton. Like all they do is eat at this point, you know? And, and he was like, well, I really think you need to find a job. And I was just horrified because I'd had my baby, my fourth baby. He was like, I mean, the cutest thing ever. Also, he was super clingy. And I was like, first of all, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even get a high school diploma. Like what kind of job could I get? That's going to like pay me more than it was going to cost to send me out, send him out to daycare. Right. right? And I did the math and I was like, okay, I'll basically break and eat. Like maybe I'll make a thousand shekels, you know, above whatever, but like that for a thousand shekels, it's it's not worth going out full time to get a job. Like I'm not leaving my baby. So I could just make a thousand dollars. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay, that's ridiculous. So, so I was like, okay, putting that aside, I'm not doing that. Um, and I tried different things over the years. I've done photography. I did cake decorating. I did gift basket making. Okay, I always, I always like trying things, and um, that's kind of been my my superpower is learning new things. So I'm always learning new things. And um, but I, I wanna, I want people to hear this. She kept trying things. She knew she had to nail it somehow. She had to figure out the formula. The formula obviously was not going to be something that was didn't didn't compensate didn't make sense financially for her to leave right. her family to pay somebody to raise her child and she's just it just doesn't work if it's she's not even making more money than that's just not worth it but you still kept trying to think things based yeah. on your interests on your what you were good at and see what okay continue yeah yeah so that's that's definitely like i think that's it, it's both like a blessing and a curse because now as a business owner and we'll get to that later but like now it's like very hard for me to kind of stay on like okay, I'm doing this one, you know, I'm doing this one thing. And like focus is definitely like my, my kryptonite, right? It's like, okay, no, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to stay on this track. I'm going to keep going. But at the time it was working really well for me because I was trying out different things. I realized, you know, kick the green, not a very big profit margin. If basket making, not a very big profit margin, right? Photography, I was too much of a perfectionist and it made me nervous. And I basically had an ulcer from like the second I took photos until I gave them to the people and they were happy. So I was like, okay, I became the family photographer. I'm good at that. And I was like, I need to find something I can do from home. So of course, what does anyone do? They start Googling and Pinteresting, you know, like looking, you know, work from home jobs. And, um, I came across freelance writing and I was like, Oh, I can do that. I'm a good, you know, I'm a pretty good writer. I mean, I used to write Harry Potter fan fiction in high school. You know, I could probably write stuff. And, um, I actually got a job, um, with a company doing some freelance writing for them at like $10 an hour. It was ridiculous. And I found it super boring. Um, I did not enjoy it at all, but it definitely opened up my mind that like, this was a thing that people were looking for. And I was like, maybe I'll find someone who'll pay me more for $10 an hour, right. For something that maybe might enjoy writing about instead of things I don't enjoy writing about. And that's when I discovered blogging. So I was like, Ooh, there are all these mom blogs out there. I'm a mom. I could have a blog. Right. And I started my blog, but then I very quickly realized that, um, blogging is a very long-term income strategy, right? Like it takes time to, you know, grow your traffic, um, you know, grow your audience, start creating things to sell to them. Um, and it, it really, it really does take a significant amount of time to put, and you know, right. Because you have a blog, it takes a lot of time. And, um, so at that point, my friend said to me, who she was, she was also a blogger. She was someone I met through the online blogging communities. She was like, well, you have all these blogging skills. Why don't you become a virtual assistant and help other bloggers? And I was like, oh, is that a thing? She's like, yeah, it's totally a thing. Like all these bloggers have assistants who help them with their stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And I put out a call saying, hey, I'm a new virtual assistant. I have blogging expertise and 
I'm willing to work at lower rates, you know, for some, you know, for some testimonials, like to get, to get some, you know, to get some experience and testimonials. And that was how I got my first job. $15 an hour. It was about $300 a month. I felt like I was killing it. I was like, that's about a thousand shekels a month. That's, that's pretty much what I would have been making had I been working full time and leaving your home. Out. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I get to be home with my baby. I work five hours a week and I'll make the same amount of money. This is awesome. Right. So I remember saying to my mom, like, you know, I, I, I bet I can make like a thousand dollars a month. She was like, that is awesome. A thousand dollars. I was like, like, that's eight. That's amazing. And I was like, I know, you know, and now even, I'm like, even, even before we jump to the money part, which I think is so important. Yeah. I just want to say again, because you, the way you set this whole story, the thing that kept coming back at me is there's no excuse. Like there is literally no excuse when somebody says like, no, but I just can't make the money. No, but I just don't have the degrees, but I just, no, 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 no. There's no excuse. Like you're a case in point. You kept figuring it out. You went on Google and you found out what's this thing. Oh, no, no, no. this doesn't make money very quickly, but let me see. There's a, th oh, I'm making money. Okay. Now, now there's something here. Yeah. And I think, I think what I think a lot of people, um, and I think this is more applicable now than ever is that like degrees only matter so much at this point. And what really can bring that cash in are skills and skills can be learned, right? So there is no shortage of skills that you can learn online at this point that can, that, that other people need and that you can sell. So it's really a matter of figuring out like, what are the lucrative skills that you can sell and kind of moving up the ladder. And that's, that's essentially what I did as a virtual assistant, right? So first I went from just doing the work, right? Just someone telling you what to do. And I was just doing it for them. Um, and then I moved into actually doing strategy. And I remember at one point I was actually doing like whole launch strategies and social media strategies for someone else's agency. And I was getting paid like $17 an hour to do that. And um, after I put this whole gorgeous thing together one day, I was like, I bet someone else would pay me a lot more for this. And, you know, not, I would not get paid like $50 to $100. Um, I should probably do this myself. <laughs> so I kind of went off on my own and I was like, I'm going to find my client. And I did all kinds of things for them. I did Pinterest. I did, um, I did Facebook, you know, social media management. Um, I did, you know, email marketing. I like, I did almost all the things related to marketing. And I found that I really just enjoyed that. I loved the psychology of marketing. Um, obviously I didn't market things. I didn't believe good things because there's, there's definitely, that's definitely a power that can be used for, for good or evil. But, um, then I kind of started really growing. And that's actually when, when we, when we came into contact, right. When I, I actually did, I was going to say, it sounds like around yeah. the time that we met. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, Oh, this is like, this is so much fun. Um, you know, I'm, I started to learn about sales funnels, which is basically, you know, how do you get, how to get people to, you know, join your audience, how to get people to buy from you, you know, offering them the right offers at the right time and, um, and how to run ads to, the, to these offers and things like that. And I just really started loving this process and more loving like the strategy behind it. Because like, for me, I'm like a big planner. So like the planning is just like, I just, I love it. Um, and because I've done all these different things as a virtual assistant, instead of like, I kind of like, instead of like going into Facebook ads and that's all I did was Facebook ads, I was able to very much see all the different pieces of the marketing strategy coming together and saying, okay, so you know, you would probably need this and your audience is probably on here. And, you know, you should, you can probably melt, you know, meld, you know, organic Pinterest and Facebook ads together. And that will give you something really good, right? Because I was able to kind of 
have that, um, you know, big picture, like, I guess, you know, the 3000 foot view of the businesses, because I had experienced all these areas. And that's where that like learning really came into play, because I feel like that is kind of where um, a lot of my unique selling proposition is. I'm not just like a one trick pony. I'm like, okay, I know that there are all different kinds of things you can do, but let me, let, let me help you find things that are going to make sense for you as a business owner. And for each business, it's going to be unique, right? So I'm not going to say across the board, oh, you need a Facebook group, you know? Oh, you need Facebook ads. Oh, you need to be on, you know, you need to be blogging because it's not the case for everybody. And I think that people kind of miss that because there's all these things going, you, you know, if you don't have a podcast, you're leaving money on the table. If you don't have a YouTube channel, you're leaving money on the table. Technically that's true, but no one can do everything, right? So I think that like, that is another thing that I think a lot of business owners kind of um, get stuck in is thinking they have to do all the things. Um, whereas that's not necessarily true. You need to do the things that are going to work for you as a business and really just hone in on that and go consistently in on that. And that's where like the real transformation is going to happen. So, and I, and I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at this point, you're feeling like you're onto something but you are st still not playing that bigger game that you're playing yeah. today. And I think that at this point is where you start really investing in yourself and in coaching. Is that not right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was making, I'd say I was making about $2,500 a month at this point. Right. So not, I mean, it was, it was good. It was like for an Israeli salary. That's, that's excellent. Right. Especially how many, you know, let's just say how many clients. I mean, I think it was about like, at a time, it could have been like three or four clients. It wasn't, you know, I was charging like a decent amount between $500 and $1,000 a month per client, depending on what I was doing. Um, you know, I was doing some Facebook ads for people. I was doing some social media for people. I was doing, you know, some like, it was just really kind of like a bit of everything at that point. And that was when I joined my first mastermind. Now, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk numbers here just because this is important. The mastermind was $1,000 a month. So I was essentially paying half of what I was making to someone to help coach me to up level and, and, um, and, and walk us through what was it that you were feeling? Cause you could have stayed very comfortable doing yeah. a bunch of little things for your clients and making 20, 20 and a good month, 3000 and a less good month, maybe 1800, 2000. Yeah. You, obviously you, there was a pain that you said, I need to invest. What was it? And it's not necessarily the money. I don't think, although that's a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, the money was a part of it, but as well, I just felt like if like if I, if I'm doing this, if I'm, if I'm doing this so well, and if I'm like able to, like, I, I should be able to double this or triple this because technically like I should be able to scale. Right. And I think that that's where I kind of got lost. So like, I don't know how to scale. I don't know how to build a team or, I mean, do I want an agency or, you know, how do I want to do this? And I couldn't figure out kind of like what the path was to doing that. And so when I came across this mastermind, which is going to help me kind of move my, you know, move my business up to, you know, 10K months or whatever. I was like, okay, that sounds good, right? Because $10,000 is great, right? Like put some, put some weight, you can, you know, you have saved, you have, you know, an income. And, um, and now, I mean, like at this point, my, my goals are much bigger than that. But at the time it felt like a big, a big goal. Like, wow, if I can like start hitting 10K months consistently, that would be, oops, that would be, um, that would be like, a dream come true. And I was like, okay. Not to so, mention that it's really what your husband needed at this point. He like really yes. needed the financial b backup. We, yes, we, we definitely did because he also at, the, at that point was doing air conditioning, um, which was great in the summer, not so great in the winter, right? So especially in Israel, we're like, I mean, the winter could be freezing, it could be mild. We knew the summer was going to be hot, but like 
there was always like a very, very slow point in the winter where it's like things were like, okay, like, okay, what do we do? It's a little bit stressful or a lot stressful, you know, depending on how much work he had in the summer before. Right. So there was like that really, really important like piece of I was starting to max out of my time, but I was not hitting the revenue I wanted to hit. And I was like, I need to figure out how to make more, make my, make my time go further, I guess, in a way, right? Like, like how do I, how do I stretch, um, you know, kind of maximize the hours that I'm working to be able to double or triple my income. And, um, and I felt like, you know what, that is, that is where my skills fell short, right? Because um, I had the marketing skills, right? But I didn't necessarily have the business building skills. And that was kind of like, you know, as someone whose parents were academics, right? We weren't really business people. I'd never really seen it. Um, you know, I see my father-in-law because my father-in-law is a great businessman, but like, I'd never really like grown up with like the idea of business. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to grow this thing. I, I need help. I need, I need someone to help me. And I bought a lot of courses. Um, I remember like the biggest course I, 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 the biggest single investment I made at that point was like a $2,000 course that I paid off on like nine payments. And it was like a game changer course for me. It was amazing. Um, it was all about building sales funnels, which was, you know, which is like a, kind of a customer journey of kind of sending people through your various offers and I was just in love with the idea. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do this for people. And, um, and this mastermind came along. And when I was speaking to them and they were describing, you know, where I could be in a year from now, I was like, okay, yes, this is, this is what I want. And my husband was like very hesitant about it. I'm not going to lie. He was like, you know, he's, he's a real DIYer, DIYer, sorry. <laughs> he's a real DIYer. He's like the type who like, he'll watch a video on YouTube and like build a house. Right. Like that's like his thing. Like everything can be found on YouTube. I don't even, I don't know why you need to pay someone to tell you this stuff. Right. But I was like, you know what? YouTube really at this point can only go so far. Like everyone, you know, my business is, is unique and this is kind of just like a tool. I was like, you know, you need special tools for your air conditioning business. This is kind of like a tool for my business. Right. So, you know, you don't ask me whenever you buy a tool. So like, right. and I'm, I'm sitting here speaking to you about this, but for him, it's, it's definitely a mindset shift for me. And it was also for him as well. Like the idea of paying just for knowledge and not paying for like that's, a specific deliverable. That's what I was going to say. And I was telling just my students last week, we were, I was, I opened up a program and I was saying, you don't need more information. I've given to you all the information. I give it to you for free. I'll show up for you. What you need and what everybody needs is implementation. Like you right. need everybody. I think I really firmly believe this need the person to hold you accountable, to push you, to call you out on, your blind spots and say, no, 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 no. This is what you said you're going to do. You're not doing it. This is how you do it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that was like a really important part where I was like, I needed that place where I could go. I could ask questions. I could get, you know, I could get answers from people who were much further ahead in their business. Yeah. And that's essentially what that mastermind was for me. So by the time I left the mastermind, I was making on average between eight, $9,000 a month, which was like, obviously amazing. It was like four more, more than four times what I was making when I joined. Um, I actually hit my first 10 K month after I left that mastermind, which is like interesting. I guess I, I kind of like had that, like, I kind of had that space to really like decide when I wanted. And it's funny because during that year I was growing an agency model. And after I left that mastermind, I decided that I didn't actually want that anymore. I did not want to grow an agency. Um, I did not want to have a big, you know, I didn't want to scale an agency. Like the idea of managing, um, you know, 30, 40 people, you know, and building it up to like a million dollar thing. I was, I was like, no, I was like, I can't, I have no people in my life to deal with as it is. I'm like, I just want to be able to help people on a higher level and be able to scale that somehow. So I knew I kind of wanted to go more into the strategy and coaching direction rather than the implementation part, because 
because I was only one person and I felt because I, because I was so, um, I guess I stood by my work and it was very, very hard for me to outsource my client work to other people. And that was like where my, where my, where my blind spot was. I didn't, I just couldn't bring myself to keep doing that because sometimes it would be, it would work out. Sometimes it really wouldn't. My clients would be like, that's horrible. I, that's not what I wanted. Right. Like I, I and, and this doesn't sound like you and it's true because it wasn't me. Right. Because I'd written like their sales page, then the webinar was written by someone else. And, and, and they were like, what well, we hate it. And, and I ended up literally having to rewrite, um, actually ended up having to do this. Like I was, it was my first trimester and I was like so exhausted with this baby that I just had, um, and ended up, ended up rewriting a whole webinar um, just because they hated the one that my team, like my team member had done. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is just, this is just not working out for me. I feel like I need to go in a different direction. And after this mastermind, I left, I joined another, a different one, which has been just in, incredible for me. Um, I think that like, besides the actual coaching that I get in that group, um, like from the actual, from my actual coach who she's, incredible. Um, I think as well, just being around people who are quite a few steps ahead of me at like the multi six to multi seven figure business level. Um, that really, really, really gives me that push. And that really drives me to keep going and to, you know, I want to be the small fish in a big pond, right? Like if you're the big fish in a small pond, it's time to jump into a different pond, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really, really, truly believe that because you can always improve and you can always grow and you can't grow if you don't have space. And that's like, that's kind of how I saw my move was like, you know, at the point when I left the mastermind, the previous mastermind, I was at that point, one of the more senior members in there, the person who was like further ahead. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in this position in this group of people. I want to be down here with everyone else up here. So I can kind of aspire to more. And I think that that is another thing that really, um, when it comes to investing in your business, it's not just the coaching that's important. It's also realizing, you know, what communities are you buying into? Right? Is it the right kind of community? Is the kind of community where people like lift each other up? Um, is the kind of community where everyone's trying to grow and be better, or is the kind of where people are just like kind of sitting around, like not really doing anything and not really getting anything done, and just kind of complaining about what's not happening in their life? Right. So yeah. that is yeah. that was super valuable for me as well. That is huge because it's also recognizing that your old ceiling now became your new floor. Like there is, I love that. A- yes. Yeah, it's it, it's such a, we all have it. We all go through that process in our well, at least everybody who I think it doesn't even have to be business, by the way, even in our personal in our life. lives. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> in our lives. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, everything that you think, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's almost like having kids, right? So like, you know, when you have one kid and you're like, gosh, how do these people with two kids do it? Right. And then you have two how kids. Do I like, how do you know people three, I mean, three kids, well, that's insane. Right. And then you have three kids and you realize that, okay, yeah, this is insane, but like you're managing, you know, and then onwards and onwards. And then I mean, funny story, right after I had my fourth baby, my husband and I, um, when he was six weeks old, my husband and I flew to England, um, for two of my, two of our cousins wedding, the kids, cousin and my cousin were getting married in the same week. So we, we flew in there and we only took our two youngest kids, right. The baby and my two-year-old. And we were on the plane and we looked at each other and we go, we used to travel with two kids and we thought that was really hard. Why does it seem so easy? This is so easy, right? Because it's what you're used to, right? And like once you grow as that person, like anything less than that just seems like a no-brainer. It's like, okay, like that was, you know, why I think that was hard, right? So mm-hmm. now I can look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I thought a thousand dollars was a lot, right? Because at the beginning when I was like, oh my gosh, like I could make that much money. Like that was, that'd be amazing. I didn't even realize, you know, what was possible for me. And I think that another thing, which I think is really appropriate for your, for your podcast is I think 
a lot of women, women in general. Okay. And I think a lot of Jewish women, like religious Jewish women, especially, I think because we're very much told materialism is not a good thing and um, you know, don't be greedy. And you know, if you want it, you know, it says, you know, if you have a hundred, you want 200 and all that kind of stuff. So it's very, it's hard for people to be like, I want to make a lot of money <laughs> because like that also makes you sound like you're whatever, whatever, whatever name you want to tack onto it. You're materialistic. You're, you know, gosh, man, it's like, Oh, you, you know, you're, oh, you're high maintenance, like all this kind of stuff. And I think that like, that is just such a damaging kind of mindset to have, because if you think oh, no. about it, there is money everywhere, right? So there could be bad people who have money and use it for bad things. And there are good people who have money and use it for good things. So exactly. why not be one of the good people with money so you can use it for things like, I don't know, I don't know, like buying your kid a new bike, having guests for Shabbos, getting a cleaning lady so you can have more guests for Shabbos, right? Like, I don't know, like giving more stuff. Like there's so many things like that, like so many goals that I have in my life that like, I feel, I felt like, you know, what I wanted more than anything in my life was to be the giver instead of a receiver, right? And the more, as you grow, as, as my business has grown, I, I'm able to be moving more and more into that role. And it just, and it's such a big difference for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because like everyone wants to be able to contribute in some way. And that is what makes us feel good. You know, when we, when we feel that purpose. So I have two, I have two prongs, you know, purpose, right? Because I have the purpose of my business, which currently right now I'm, I'm as a marketing and a business coach, you know, helping women, build their businesses. I call it build a baby proof business. And I'll kind of get to that baby part in a minute. But um, so I'm helping these women build their businesses and scale and grow their, grow their business to six figures and beyond. Um, and I'm also, you know, then I can then take the money I'm making from doing that and then use it on my side to positively impact my life and people around me and my kids and whatever. And that just feels really, really good. And that's okay. Because it is good. Because, because it, it is, is good. good. It is good. Because and that's all okay to say that. Yeah, because all this garbage that we've been, I don't know where we came up with this, by the way, because I firmly believe and I tell all my students, this is not Judaism, people. This is not Judaism. Judaism is not anti-money. There's no shame in money. It's just a neutral tool that God gave us. Use it just like you use your water and your air and everything else that God gave you, hopefully for good. So yeah, yeah, be open to getting a lot of it because if you do and you're a good person, that means you're going to get to do a lot of God's work in this world. Boom, yeah, no exactly. shame. Exactly. It, it's just an energy exchange, right? Like it's really just, you know, you are giving, if you're giving someone value, they are giving sure. you back value, you know, they're giving you value as well in the form of money, right? It could be, I mean, in the olden days they bartered and now we use money. Like that's just how it is. And if there's no even energy exchange, then something's off, right? And, and, and people, and it's funny, what I've noticed is that a lot of times when people get things for free, they don't value them as much, right? Like nope. when I've given things to, you know, people who download the freebies very often never even look at them or, um, you know, people who get scholarships to things won't utilize the tools that they're given. And it's just really, really interesting because, and, and you talk about this a lot because you're always talking about money and, and, and money mindset and stuff like that. And I think that that was definitely something you had to work through, you know, where you're like, you know, you have all these beliefs growing up about money, you know, from whatever you've seen growing up from the experience that you've had and, you know, I could have, I've ha- I definitely had had to work through a lot of my beliefs around money and having a lot of money and wanting to have a lot of money and what having, having money means, right. Does it mean that, you know, you're this kind of person, you're that kind of person, you're going to use it to, you know, you're going to use it to, I don't know, try to control things. Cause I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak. So I was like, am I going to become <laughs> that kind of person, you know, like, and 
it's definitely been a lot of work like inside me as well. And a lot of times like you sabotage the amount of money you can make with all these thoughts and with all these feelings and with all these beliefs. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people say, no, 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 but really, I don't really need to work on my mindset. I don't really even need to work on my financial systems. I just really need to build a business that makes a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but let me just tell you something. You're going to trip yourself over hundreds, thousands of times because you're not working on your money, both here and in your systems. You're sabotaging it and then you're not building anything. You're just in a hamster wheel. You think you're building a business, but you you're not. You can't. Right. Because there's, there's making money and there's like managing money, which are two different skills, right? Like you can, you know, you can know how to, I mean, I I can make money all day long for myself and my clients. Like that's not the problem. Right. But you know, when it comes to like management, that is a skill that is, that is not so it's not just like naturally comes to you. And I think that that's, that's definitely um, an area that's, that's, I feel it's an area that's lacking, severely lacking our educational system. (laughs) Like I really think people need to learn about that, like before they get married, um, you know, Especially, I mean, I got married when I was 18 and my husband was 19. Like, we knew nothing, you know? We're still oh figuring gosh. things out. I know. It's, yeah, we were, we were little. Um, so, so, essentially. <laughs> so here, yeah. What? So, here Go you ahead. are. You're on your second mastermind. You've, at this point, you've really fine-tuned your offer and the client that you're talking to, right? Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very much so. So, what I basically have started doing is working with women um, on building businesses that fit into their lives. And the reason this was really, this was really important to me and like kind of really imperative. And the reason like I started really going in this direction in the first place was because a year ago, really exactly a year ago, I found out that I was pregnant with my fifth baby. Um, now I, I had not had a baby since I started my business, right? So my, I started my business with my youngest. He was about almost one at the time. So he was, you know, sleeping through the night and, you know, he was, he was like pretty on schedule. And I mean, little kids are little kids, but like I knew how to do a business and kids. I did not know how to do a business and a baby. And I was like totally freaking out. I had a really, really hard first trimester. And I was like, is this going to be the end of my business? Like, because this business, this business is so much of me in it. And what I'm doing right now is not scalable, right? Because I'm doing strategy. I'm doing a lot of the writing. I'm doing a lot of the management of people and and, and, and it's just too much. And I, I don't think I can do this and also have a baby. And I was right. Like if I was doing what I was doing at the time right now, my business would not have survived because mm-hmm. I literally have maybe two, three hours a day to work if I'm lucky, right? Like really, if I'm lucky. And um, I'm surprised and, that at this point you were still a one woman show. I can't no, even, I, I can't was, even. No, wrap. I had team members. No, I had oh, okay. team members, but okay, okay. even the management of those people was taking time. Right. And, and I, and I was deliberately, I did not want to grow it bigger. I was not looking to hire more and more and more people because I already knew at that point, I did not want to start doing more and more client work, like big agency level stuff, because I just didn't have the, the, the mental bandwidth to build a business like that. I knew I wanted to go in the coaching and courses direction because I was just like, I feel like this is how I can serve more people better. Um, and, and it's true honestly. Right. Because when I started putting out, um, when I started putting out, you know, content and I was helping more, you know, I was helping more people, I was selling different programs. And when I launched my VIP cash accelerator, um, which is the first iteration of my group program, I launched that in April and I ran it all the way through until my baby was born. Um, and it was just amazing because I saw how like the things that I had learned over four years of building my business were helping these women so much as far as showing up consistently for their business as far as um, 
as far as kind of figuring out offers that they could sell easily and um, figuring out offers that would work with their business, figuring out, you know, how to set their income goals every month and hit them. And I was like, okay, like, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do with my life. And um, I just love it. I just love the breakthroughs that they're able to have. And I love just seeing like the growth that has happened. I mean, I've had people come in and they were like, you know, in like the two to three to four, you know, thousand dollar range. And like now, like one of them was like, she was like, she's basically a hundred, $150 away from a 10 K month this past month. And it's just like, it makes me so happy because these are awesome women and these are, they are so, they have such valuable skills and it's really a matter of helping them like figure out how to package their skills and position their skills um, in ways that they can number one, deliver easily and that they can market easily and that they can manage easily. And when you put that all together, then it's very easy to scale those, those things up. Right. And I think that that is that's essentially my framework for a, what I call a baby proof business, because now I'm like heading for like a close to six figure quarter, please God. Like that, that's my plan. Right. With, you know, with all the, with all the with all the management I've been doing with, with the launching and everything I've been doing, um, that is the plan. And I really feel that that's possible for me. And that would have been unimaginable a few years ago. And I want to help more people achieve that as well. So um, that is kind of like where my heart really is. I just feel, I feel just so lucky, right. To be able to have hit on this thing that I'm able to do. I'm able to do it in a few hours a day. Um, I'm able to, you know, and the truth is, even if I was doing like, copywriting or whatever, I probably, I still, I still could probably build a business around that if I wanted to in a few hours a day. I just, I just chose to kind of move out of that, but I could see very clearly like how people can build that framework that they are working the hours they, that they have available, but they're also have the time to market, have the time to work on their business instead of in their business. And also just have the time to be, you know, to live their life because especially now with COVID it's been insane. I mean, like, like you said, you know, you're taking your kids out of school, right? We, you know, kids have been, you know, in and out and in and out and in and out and Zoom classes, and no Zoom classes, and who knows what's happening. And I was also, our school's going to be open next week. We have no idea. Like, I, I don't, I don't count on anything anymore. So having that flexibility has been so, so valuable for me. And I just want to help more women have that too. So that's kind of like my mission. So, so wait, let, let me just help me understand what it looks like for you right now. Now that you've scaled to this point and you're really focusing on women kind of baby proofing their businesses, like really making motherhood and, and your online business work. Is it composed of group coaching and one-on-one coaching? What is it mostly composed of? Is it a combination of both? Yeah. For so, you? Um, so for me, it's mostly group. Um, I've had one-to-one clients. Um, I sometimes offer some like one-to-one um, offers as far as like, you know, I'll do boxer coaching, right. Where people are WhatsApp coaching and people can just ask me questions. But for the most part, it is group because that is the most scalable kind of thing I can offer. Um, and I also really feel that the group dynamic, like going back to that community thing, right. I really feel that, um, having one-to-one coaching is so valuable for sure. Like a hundred percent. And I've had, I've worked with both mastermind coaches and one-to-one coaches. Like I've done it, I've done it all. Okay. But I really, really feel that having that group dynamic and having that like encouragement and that, um, that community really, really, really helps push you further. And like, it gives you like that feeling that you have a cheering, you know, a cheering squad behind you kind of going, yes, you can do it. And and that's that's awesome. And like, you had that win. And that was what I saw. I saw like work so, so, so well. And I feel like it almost be like, it's almost a disservice to limit myself to -to one-to-one, but I, I still take like maybe a couple of one-to-one clients. Maybe, you know, I'll only take like one or two at a time. 
It's funny you say that because I, I feel like I feel exactly the same way. I I I don't know that I would do it any differently. I love the group dynamic and I just yeah. see the power in it. And I do take also one to two clients, like maybe every six months I'll, I'll open like two slots, but really I just love, I, I love the results. I love the, how people light up. I love how people help each other and all the community building and everything else. So yeah, I think there's a lot of value there. Now I want to go into the visibility piece because I think this is a huge part of what you teach your students. And I saw you Literally, I know you walk the talk because over these years, I saw you, I saw you get uncomfortable and do the thing and showing up, even if it didn't feel at the beginning, it never feels natural. And and correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I, the reason I'm bringing it up because is because I know for myself and I know for so many of my students, whenever we start talking about making more money, the disability part is where everybody gets stuck. But what do you mean? I have to tell them about this. Yeah, yeah. You need to show up and tell them about your beautiful thing and about your beautiful service. And it's not once a month and it's not even once a week. You need to be every day telling people like the, the I'm on, I'm I'm in business sign has like business is open. (laughs) It's open. You don't go to Nordstrom. And then yeah, it's closed. That's exactly, what, that's exactly what I say. I'm like, you know, Target's never like, oh, well, we had a sale last week. So I don't, I don't want to look too salesy. We'll just close this week. Just, so, you know, so we don't make people feel like we're trying to sell them. Right. Like, that's just stupid. Like no business works like that. And your business has, you have always have to be open for business. Exactly. Right. And, um, and one, one thing when my coach, my coach Julie said to me, which I thought was really funny. She's like, if I'm not sick of your face and my feed, you're not showing up enough. And I was like, I love that because it's true. Okay algorithmically, not everyone who follows you is going to be seeing your posts. Okay. Whether it, you have a blog, you're sending emails, whether you're um, putting out a social media post, you have a Facebook group, YouTube, it doesn't matter. People are not going to see everything you put out. So you have to be consistently showing up on a daily basis and selling your stuff. Now, I think that a lot of people also miss like people are like, Oh, I don't want to be too salesy. I don't want to be like that annoying person. And I'm like, you know what? If people see you as that annoying person, then they're not your people, right? Because the people who I like to buy from, I'm excited when they see new stuff that they have to offer because yeah, I like knowing that they have something you know that can help me, right? Like, yeah, it's like, have where help. have you been? Like, I can't, exactly. I was waiting for somebody like you to show up in my life. Like, why have you been hiding? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and and I think that people who get, um, I think that if you feel that way about other people, if you're like, oh my gosh, why are you being so salesy? Like, this just feels like really gross. Um, and I'm not talking about people who are actually sales leaders because I've definitely had those conversations where I was like, I could have like, I, I got on a call and I could have like basically like said their, said their questions along with them because they know like the script, right? That every, you know, everyone's using to like sell people into, you know, I'm not talking about things like that. Okay. I'm talking about you have something, you truly believe that it's valuable and you don't need to beg people to buy it. You just need to keep showing up, keep showing the value. And that's it, right? I think um, one thing that comes up a lot is people who friend you and then they immediately send you like a pitch message, right? It's like it all the time, right? Like oh that is your friend. It's like, hey, you know, it's it's great to connect. So what have you been doing in your business lately? Hey, I have a Facebook group that, you know, if you want to join, I'm like, unfriend. Like, that's it. Because yeah. 
if I join, if I, if I will add someone as a friend, I will add them as a friend. I don't even, I don't message them necessarily unless it's someone who like, I, I knew, you know, I'm like, Oh, Hey, I noticed we had this in common or um, I, I'm interested in actually getting to know them better because for, for whatever reason, and I'll actually start a conversation. I will not pitch them and I will just let my content speak for itself because I am very, very, very active in my personal profile as well. And I believe that if people, if they are meant to be a client and meant to be a collaborator or whatever, one day they will see my content. And that's that like, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. Like you don't need to be family cold pitching people in order to sell. Right. You what know, you, you need to is, do connect, just exactly. connect with Talk other humans, be a human, yeah. just connect with a human being. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's what people are like, Oh my gosh, how do you know what to post here? Or how do you know what to post there? And I'm just like, on my personal profile, I will post, post about what I'm selling. I'll post pictures of my folded laundry. I will post funny memes about 2020, right? It's just a way for people to get to know me. And also, by the way, see what I happen to be selling at any given time, because maybe it will help them, right? In my Facebook group, I pretty much do the same thing. You know, I create conversations, you know, I give value. I let people know what I'm selling. That's it, right? Like, it's really not that complicated. It's just what's complicated. I think not, not complicated. What's hard for people is doing that consistently, because consistency is probably one of the hardest things to incorporate into your life, right? There are so many distractions, yeah. I mean, everywhere, right? Like it also takes time. It also takes a for huge sure, time commitment sure. to be visible, like uh, to be but no, uh, not really necessarily. Trans- not well, necessarily. Yeah, t- tell us because to be so. really transparent for me, it, it does. Like I do show up, but I feel like maybe I'm dropping the ball on this group of people and the English audience and the Spanish audience. And I'll drop the ball on the podcast because like my team is not yet, I guess nimble enough to manage certain things. So it, I get it, but I also get how important it is. And I get how we need to show up, but do talk to that because I don't think what I said is unique to me. I think we all go through this struggle. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people think. It's like, Oh shoot, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time to market my business. Right. And that's where a lot of people kind of, um, a lot of people, I guess, kind of, that's, that's, that's basically a very big pain point for a lot of business owners, which is at the feast and famine, right? Like one month you have tons of clients and it's great. And then the next month you don't have any clients, right? Why does that happen? Because the month that you have a lot of clients, you're like, yeah, I have a lot of clients. You're not thinking about marketing yourself because you have a lot of clients and it's not a pain, you know, money is not a pain point for you. But then all of a sudden, whatever you finish the projects and then, or your client starts to leave or when their contract ends or whatever. And all of a sudden you're left there with like one or two clients left. You're like, Oh shoot. Right. Last month was a 10 K month. And now I'm having a two K month. Like how'd this happen? And this happened because you're not consistently marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really, honestly, like the marketing I do, okay. Setting aside. Okay. Okay. This is, this is just my daily marketing routine. This does not mean, this does not include writing sales pages, you know, or, um, or creating, you know, creating webinars or things like that. Like that is, that is like marketing asset creation. That's completely different. But as far as my daily marketing goes, I spend about 30 minutes a day. Composed of what? Walk us through those. Cause I can sure. tell you what mine are, but yeah, what are yours? Yeah. So I will generally post, um, about four to five longer form posts a week in my group. And I will, the thing, okay, this is what I do. I focus on my group. The reason I focus on my group is because I can see the people in the group, right? So I feel like that is very much the people I want to serve, which is powerhouse women entrepreneurs, which is what the group is called, right? These are my people. These are people who are coming in. This is how they identify. And I can like click on their profiles and see who the heck they are, which you can't necessarily do on your email list, right? So whenever I'm thinking about like who I'm speaking to, I'm thinking about those people in the group. 
I'm thinking about the people who I see, you know, commenting on things and commenting on my Facebook lives. And it makes it very, very easy for me to be like, well, what do I want to tell this person? Right. And then, By the and way, then I everybody, sh- everybody should know that it is an excellent group. Um, say again, the name powerhouse, no powerhouse, powerhouse, powerhouse women entrepreneurs. And I can, I can give you the link. Uh, you and, know, and it's a shame. It's, it's so silly that I don't know the shame, the, the name, like it doesn't roll out of my mouth, uh, my tongue, because what I wanted to say is that it is one of the only two groups that I ever consistently go and see what's happening. And I even sometimes participate. I'll disappear for a few months, but like, and so I'm just saying it happens to be the one of two groups that I'm there for that I enjoy because there is valuable Aww. content and valuable conversation all the time. And perhaps it's relevant to me, but I just think it's relevant to anybody who's wants yeah. to have their own. Right. Well, if you listen, I, 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 I use a group, but I think if you, you choose one place and you go all in on that, like that could be your YouTube channel and you can market that elsewhere too. Like it's really just a kind of figuring out where, you know, where you want to put in your focus. I'm not saying you can't do a lot of places, but I would add them on kind of like one at a time, right? Like now I'm working on starting my YouTube channel, right? Like this is after years of doing Facebook lives and getting comfortable on video, right? And if, if I look back at like my first Facebook live that I did, I don't, I mean, I don't even want to, but I actually keep them on my Facebook page just so people could go back and look at them if they want to and be like, wow, yeah, I wasn't always so confident on video. <laughs> like she wasn't always so like comfortable just like getting on there and talking, right? And I want people to see that because I want them to realize that, you know, I could start, putting my face out there, even though I felt like so stupid. I'm like, who wants to hear from me? I'm just like a little girl in Israel, you know, doing some marketing stuff. Um, you can too, because it's, and I, I love video because I think it's just so impactful. I think that it helps people really, really get to know you and get a feel for you and your personality, like more than almost anything else in the world. I mean, definitely, I mean, podcasts also works, right? Because they hear your voice, you know, and people often listen to podcasts on the go, which is not necessarily the same for video, but um, I really like kind of just getting up close and personal with people. So I will do about one Facebook live a week in my group. Okay. So that is between like half an hour, 45 minutes, um, on any given topic. Sometimes I'll even do two. So I've actually been trying to do more like one mindset, more mindset based one and one more just like teaching and strategy. Um, and then I write about four and five long form posts a week, which is whatever, about like four or five paragraphs long, um, about whatever it is often what it could be what I'm talking about that week. It could just be about something I saw that I'm thinking about, um, that like, you know, someone said to me the other day and made me think about this and and then it and, and there's usually a call to action at the end generally there's a call to action whatever that is whether it's join join my program or um comment below if you're interested or send me a dm um it's really i think it's really really important to make sure that when you're when you're writing a really good post give people something to do at the end of it right because it's a shame to waste that good post if someone's reading it give them an action to take, right? They're already there. They're already reading it. They're already, you know, engrossed in you and your knowledge. Just tell them what the next step is. And I think that that's something that a lot of people yeah. lose because they don't want to be too sales. Like, oh, I have to give value. But you forget that, like, you could be giving them more value if they paid you and you could work with them on a higher level. So, um, yeah, we, that we is forget like- that. We forget that. And I'm so happy you mentioned it because I, I've started to realize it's almost like, you know, when sometimes you've walked into, I don't know, you've seen a speaker speak and they were like amazing and totally inspired and totally, you're like, I-, I want more of that, but you didn't even tell me how, like, I want more of you, whatever you just gave me that experience. I want more of my life. So if we do that for people, then like, why are we doing that? <laughs> we're not really showing up for them. Yeah, exactly. And like, and I think that that's what people like, I mean, selling is service, right? Like when you're selling to someone, you are, if if you, if you feel you have something that's really going to contribute to their life, then you're serving them and a story, right? So like, 
it is so important to realize that. And if you, tr- I mean, if you truly do believe that what you're doing is going to create a positive impact in someone else's life, you not giving them that, that chance to work with you is just doing them a disservice. And it's just such, such a shame. Right. So yeah. I think that like, and the thing is, the thing is people can feel the energy behind what you're posting. So if you still feel uncomfortable about selling, even if you're doing all the right things and posting all the right things, that is going to come through and no one's going to buy your stuff. So See, it's so- not, that's why the mindset is so important, right? Because the energy, like the, like the thoughts behind what you're posting, if you're just posting because, oh, I saw something, yeah, I'll doing that. And it looks like it's working for her, right? But you don't have that like bone deep belief that people need this in their lives. Then that feeling is not going to come through in your post and people are not going to feel that urgency to, to buy from you. And I think that's like, it's just such an important part to keep in mind. It's huge. It's huge. And it's really the perfect segue to, so we just talked about the visibility piece and how important it is and whichever way, like, yeah, I'll just mention, she does it very strongly inside her Facebook group, whatever way is that you're going to show up consistently and connect with humans. Like you're literally establishing a connection and a relationship. That is one piece. And we got to get over the fear and all that and just do it because otherwise what, what then we're not serving them. And they're like waiting for you to show up for them and you're not showing up for them. Right. They're ready to open your wallet. So you have to have an offer. So let's go through the offer because I think that's also a huge one where people say, Oh, so then I'll just offer them a $997 program. And I'm like, maybe we need to validate things first. I think people get a little like the whole money piece and the validating an offer get people get very confused about. So walk us through that validation or how you do it with your clients. So, yeah. So essentially what I, what I kind of teach is kind of like, if you have a framework, right? Like I have a framework of like, these are the steps you take to grow your, you know, your baby group business. Right. So it's like, whatever, step one, step two, step three, you have to have the offers in place. You have to have your marketing place. You have to have your you know delivery and, you know, and your management in place. And, um, I have all these different pieces and the mindset, obviously the mindset always comes first, always comes at the beginning. But what I basically do is number one, when I'm doing offers, I can, all I need to do is look at my framework and I can just pull parts out of my framework to sell as like standalone sort of things. So like, well, where my group program will cover like the whole framework or most of it, let's say like my current group program is covering more like the organic side of it. And then the next, I think the next level will be more like the automation and funnels and like really kind of like automating your lead gen and sales. Um, all I need to do is be like, okay, I want to do something about mindset. And I, and I, you know, that's what I did. I, I did this, this mindset makeover and I just pulled out a piece. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do the 30 day mindset bootcamp thing. And I did it and people had huge breakthroughs. It was amazing. And I'm like, okay, great. I sold it at $47 the first time I ran it. I'm never selling it at $47 ever again. It's currently, I mean, right. Actually right now I'm selling it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be when we're, when we're doing this podcast right now, I'm selling it for 147 really at this point, it's 197. It's totally worth it because the breakthroughs people had through it were incredible and it's worth every penny and more. Right. But you just said it yourself, you validated it already. And that's yeah. where people, I say to people, talk to those humans, make yeah. tell them, tell yeah. them what you're here to offer, put a price tag on it and validate it. Oh, and did you like it like this? And do you like it like that? Oh, what's your pain point? What are you struggling with? Oh, I could speak to that. Like validate yeah. the thing and keep doing it. And it won't be the thing forever. It'll change it will I grow mean, exactly it will iterate and, and and that's what i what i like to do is if i have an idea i'll put it out as like okay i'm gonna do like a master class about this and it'll be whatever it is 37 dollars 97 dollars whatever um and then see how many people buy it and if i if people buy it then i know that people are interested in this topic and i can make it into a bigger thing 
if nobody buys it, then I'm, you know, nobody shows interest. I'm like, okay, it's not a thing, right? Like it's not something people want and it's very easy to see. Um, but I would say, don't, don't ever like take people saying, Oh yeah, I, I want that as validation. Validation is when they actually give you their money and then you made a sale. If one person have bought it, has bought it, it's validated, right? Like people have said, Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what I want. Like, that's amazing. Right. Those are cheerleaders. They're not validators. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind, right? Like do not count, you know, Facebook likes and, uh, and comments as mm-hmm. yes, people are actually going to buy this. People will buy, you know, you will know people will buy it when they actually buy it. And that's all like, that's just the first, that's like such an important thing to remember. Yeah. It always goes back to opening their wallets. They have to buy yes. the thing and commit, commit to whatever the process or whatever it is that you're, you're giving them. So we're really running short on time because I could just geek about this stuff forever with you, <laughs> but I know you have a family to take. Well, your family's sleeping, so you have to sleep. So I want to ask you one last question and then we're going to do quickly JLP fail in the blanks. We didn't really talk about this a lot other than the fact that we needed, we all need to work on this money mindset stuff. And sometimes we think it comes from our faith, but it's just totally mishka bubbled. But I know that you are a woman of faith and you don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily come through, you know, some of us like you, our faith is interrelated into our work. That's not necessarily your selling point. Like you don't come and say, I'm here for Jewish women. That's not your thing. However, why I'm at asking the question is because I do know that it is such a big part of your life. And I, have a feeling that it has helped you become play that bigger game. Let's just call it. So For sure. No, I, I actually a very big part of what I do. And I, I will actually, I mean, if you watch my Facebook live, I will quote like Tom Lib like all the time when I'm on coaching calls, I will quote all the time. I'll be like, Oh, you know, there's a story like this. And, you know, and, and, and the truth is currently none of the people in my group program are Jewish and they all <laughs> love, you know, I mean, love it. They're all like, yeah, you know, so I think that definitely, I, I'm very, very open about it. I'll be like, the holidays and, you know, actually this holiday ties into this, you know, this is really, really interesting. You know, here's the concepts of this. And, and, and I, I will definitely use it as like my content. I'm not like, oh, you have to be Jewish or you have to be a woman, a person of faith to work with me. Um, but I definitely feel that like, I'll always be like, okay, this is all great. But when it comes down to it, like God is responsible for everything that happens to you, right? Like you can do all the things and, you know, God is, is going to decide whether or not it's going to happen. But I think that, um, you know, they say like, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever path a man wants to go down, God will lead him down that path. Right. So it's up to you to decide the direction you want to go in and then he will help you. Right. And I think that's just for a lot of people, it's just about making that decision. Right. Like you can decide to faff around all day and just not really do anything. Right. Or you're just sitting and plan and think and, 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 research until your, you know, your eyes fall out. Um, that's not called going down a path, right? Come, yeah. yeah. It's that comes you, from action. You actually have to walk. Yeah. You exactly. actually decide. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at it, right? Yeah, and you're like, you decide. Ooh. Right. Oh, that looks like a nice path. Yeah. Let me just look at it for a while. No, you actually have to take the steps and then God exactly. will help you along the way. We have to do the thing. You have exactly. to do the thing. That I, I want to, you said it so beautifully. And I just think it ties back to everything that you've been saying or we've been talking about that at the end of the day, it's, it's you, like you're showing up as yourself. And if we go back to the sales and the marketing and the visibility, that's it. Like, yes, there are many other people who can teach you about money or can teach you about business or can teach you about 
dieting or healthy eating habits or whatever it is, but there's only one you. So yeah, El Bandahan is here showing up for clients. This is me. And yeah, I'll roll some Talmud out of my mouth because this is who I am. And yeah, you love me for it because I'm showing up as my whole self. So I think that's a really big thing. Like we shouldn't feel like we have to be this person. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to buy from your version of that person. How about we right. try to be a version of you? <laughs> totally you. And I, I actually have a really funny story about that. That's, that just, it just came back to me. Um, so when uh, a couple of years ago, I went to Funnel Hacking Live, uh, which is this big you know, marketing conference. In, it was in Nashville. And it was like 5,000 people. It was huge. And there were a lot of people that I knew there, like from like online. Okay. Like there were a lot of people, like men, women, people who were in my mastermind, people who I just met in Facebook groups. And um, I... And I actually, like, that's where people really realized, like, wow, people would walk around and they'd be like, do you know everybody? Because I was like, oh, hey, oh my gosh, that's me. I was just see you. And like, they're like, how do you know all these people? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I connect. I'm a good connector. Um, but the thing is, I'm Joan Nagia, right? I don't shake hands with them. And this is a very kind of like huggy, affectionate sort of like yeah, online community. And, <laughs> and it was like, I was like, what am I going to do? And I was trying to figure out like, what, you know, how am I going to work this? Like, is this okay for business? I don't know. I'm like, you know what? This is just not me. I'm not doing it. You know what? Like if someone has a problem with it and they're not my person, end of story. And I had so, so many funny, um, funny encounters with different guys, you know, and there's one, one guy, Alex Sharpen, he's hilarious. He's really big, really, really big, like, you know, business coach, systems and scaling coach. And he went in to give me a hug and I like literally just like ducked. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't, I don't hug men. <laughs> he was like, um, you're like, oh, why? I was like, well, whatever, for religious reasons, you know, I'm I'm orthodox Jew and I, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, physical contact with men. I'm not really a dude. Like, oh, so you can't even shake hands? I was like, well, I can pretend to shake hands with you and be like, did like an air shake, you know, and we'll just laugh at that. And he was like, thank you so much for telling me, you know, um, I'm so glad you told me so I didn't make you uncomfortable. And I had this, I had this interaction quite a few times with a bunch of different men. And so I got to the point where like, tor- like in the last couple of days, like this guy would go in to give me a hug and I like had someone else like jump from me going, yo, dude, she doesn't hug, she doesn't, she doesn't hug men. <laughs> and like this other guy. And, um, and this guy, Alex actually messaged me afterwards, you know, and say, like, saying, oh, can you just explain to me a little bit more about why, like, why this is a thing? Like, I, I, I've, I've never heard of this before. Like, why is this something, you know? And then I explained to him a little bit. And, and it was funny because people really remembered me. Like, I was yeah. very memorable after that conference. Like, oh yeah, you're the one that doesn't shake hands. And um, I mean, ironically now with COVID, no one's shaking hands. So this actually <laughs> works out very well for me. But, um, and, and, I, and I, I was worried about it. I'm like, am I going to seem like some sort of like stick in the mud, like weirdo? And about 5% of the people I, I spoke to were like, okay, like you're weird. And I was like, okay, bye. Right? Like, fine. Like, if you have a problem with that, then you're not my person. But I actually find that people... Um, because I, I'm so strong in my faith and, um, and people have noticed that I think people in mastermind have said, you know, have said like, Oh, I just noticed, you know, you're also a woman of very strong faith. And I really, and I'm all, and, and I'm really, you know, it's really nice to catch someone else like that. Like people notice it and they feel it. And, um, I think it actually adds a level of credibility and because like, because I have this higher power, right. People, people will be like, Oh, if I message her on Saturday, between this time and this time, I know she's not going to see it. She's not even going to see it until this time because she just doesn't touch her phone for 25 hours, right? Like no one's forcing me not to, or like whatever, like no one's like grading me. There's no one like locking my phone away, but this is just what I do. And they take it very seriously. And I think that that in and of itself inspires confidence in me as a person, because I do believe that there is a higher power and I I'm held accountable, right? Like I'm held accountable. And I think that that is something that's missing. And I mean, not, I mean, 
I have an amazing community. So not a lot of people that I know, but there are a lot of people I've heard who are like, you know, just cheat or they promise things and not deliver them or they disappear or they, you know, con money out of people. And I think that that knowing that I have that, that I have that like cosmic accountability actually makes people feel more comfortable about investing their money with me, which is, which is very interesting. So um, that's another reason to be like, just you do you and do your stuff and call your Talmud and duck under, <laughs> you know, duck under hugs and whatever, because, you know, no one's going to, you know, you're, like you said, you're, only, you're the only person who can really show up as authentically you and, you know, you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but that's okay. No one wants really perfect anyway, because people can't relate to perfect, which is they, they can't. And, and you just glossed over also an important point, which is not everybody is going to be for you. And that's really okay. Like that is yes. okay. There's for Yael, there's for Yael, there's for Mary, and there's for Pete, and there's for everybody. God has for everybody. Just exactly. find the people that are for you. Why do we, don't be scared that you need to be this thing for everybody. But anyway, this has been a, yeah. amazing. Let's just quickly JLP fill in the blanks where, uh, before you tell us where to find you. So here we go. I'm going to sh- just throw you a few statements. You're going to finish them with the first thing that comes to mind. You ready for this? Oh, gosh. Okay. I did, ah. not, I did not prep you, but that's good because you're good. I'm sure you're going to be great. Okay. I'm yeah, Elbin Dahan, and I feel most spiritual when? Ooh, when I'm giving birth. Okay, can I just say something? I've been doing this for I don't know how many episodes. You're like 140 something. It's going on for four years. The only other person who said that on the show was me because somebody came for my 100th episode and interviewed me, and I... I was like, this is going to sound very strange, but this is really my answer. And do you yeah. else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's just, it's the most, it's the most miraculous thing ever. And I, I feel like, and I, I just say a joke. Like, I feel, I feel like God, like, you know, it's like, obviously you're not, but like, it's just, yep, it's incredible. But- and, and that was, I mean, I just had a baby four months ago. So that's like definitely like top of mind for you right now. So yeah. Yeah, I, I believe you. I'm telling you, I'm the only yeah. person who ever said it. My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is? You're going to laugh. Okay. Um, helping, I guess, helping mothers after birth. Because I know that's a very, very vulnerable place to be. Mm-hmm. So um, whether it's, your, you know, or even during pregnancy, honestly. I, I always feel like that is like where people are the most vulnerable. At the beginning, they can't even talk about it to a lot of people, right? And there's a lot of like, room there for things to fall through the cracks. And I've had postpartum depression, so I know what that's like. So I love wow. being able to spoil them or, you know, or just keep them company or send them a treat or send them food. Um, I just, I, I, I love doing it. I know this is like, there's a theme here, but um, yeah, my father's an OBGYN. Okay. I grew up with this stuff. It's, I can't help it. So yeah. There is definitely a theme here that, that's very special. My fondest, <laughs> sweetest, me- Jew- my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is... I think, um, I think Pesach Seders and my family, um, like it just, it's so special to me. And uh, my dad is just amazing. And we, we, we have like, it just, it's just fun. And we have like all of our like private jokes, all our stuff and all different points where we like, you know, do things in certain ways. And this past Pesach was actually really, really hard because it was, I mean, it was, it was exciting because we did the first, it was our, we did it ourselves for the first time. Like we felt very mm-hmm. adult about it. You know, we're like, oh my gosh, check us out, do the Pesach Seder. But, um, but it definitely, I definitely felt like there was like that missing piece, like which, you know, being in my family just felt it was hard, but you know, you do what you got to do. So, right. Yeah. Right. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is. <sighs> okay. That modesty is not 
limited to inches and hemlines and like the out outward stuff. And I think that it's, it's so much more than that. And I feel that that was, that could not come through for me as a teenager. Um, and that's what I kind of want to teach my daughter. Like, I don't want her to grow up with the same thoughts about modesty and sneakiness as I was taught, I guess, in a way. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a, that's, that's its own thing, but yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. There's a lot there that we can go, but we're we're not going to go there. When I get to the DACA DACA charity, I'd like to give to. Um, there's a, there's an organization in, in this, my town, and it helps people, um, it helps people with money, like with, with, but it's, it's actually more like the, um, like it helps people find jobs and helps people with their financial management, things like that. And I just think I really believe in that because it's not just Tadaka. It's like giving them, giving them the opportunity to make their, you know, to, to support themselves. I think it's just, is obviously like the highest form of Tadaka. So I love, I love to get to them. Wow. That's really nice. Finally, I'm Yael Bandahan and I feel most grateful for today. I feel most grateful for. <sighs> Can I say two things? Yeah. Okay. Um, for my family, um, all parts of it. I just, I'm so lucky. I have the most amazing people in my life and they have been so supportive, um, through everything I've done in my life, my parents, my siblings, my husband, my in-laws, my, my kids. I mean, they complain a little, but you know, mostly, um, and my clients, because I just, I get so energized every time I get off a call with them and I just, I love them so much and I just want to start, I want to find more of them and help more of them. So like, I just, I just feel so grateful that I get to work with amazing people because it's it just, it's the best to be able to, it's best to be able to make money this way, I guess yep. that is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Beautiful. And you're amazing at it. And so tell us where we can find you so that we can help you find more of those beautiful souls that need to be connected with you. Yeah. So you can join my Facebook group. It's called Powerhouse Women Entrepreneurs. It's bit.ly slash powerhouse group. Um, I'm sure you'll have the the link below. And I'm actually running a private training um, at, uh, it's going to be in a few weeks. I'm not sure if, you know, when, but coming up December 8th and it's going to be eventually um, on demand. So you can find it at albenman.com slash babyproof training. And it's going to be called how to build a six figure babyproof business in 15 hours a week. So that Ooh. is, um, I know it's exciting. And I'm like, Whoa. I'm really can we, about t- can we take it? If it would, even if we don't have a baby, I might have to yes, take that. Because I think like, I think it's just a baby proof is just kind of like a kind of like symbolic for just like life proof. Like anything that's going to, that takes up any of your time in your life. It could be kids. It could be your husband. Right. I mean, it could be your, your nine to five job whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah. This has been such a pleasure. We will make sure to put all those links and everything and help people find you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Thanks to Yael Bendahan for stopping by. You can find her on Facebook and Instagram at Yael Bendahan and on her website, yaelbendahan.com, as well as her private Facebook group, Powerhouse Women Entrepreneurs. All right, guys, here are the takeaways. Number one, there are no excuses to launch a business and start making money. Two, skills can be learned. Number three, we are all coachable. If you're setting up a business that you want to scale, you will probably need to get coached. Number four, surround yourself with people who are a few steps ahead of you. Five, grow. Continue growing. Your old ceiling will become your new floor. You will have a different ceiling and that's a good thing. Six, be open to receiving a lot of money so that you can do a lot of good in the world. 
seven, your money mindset, beliefs about money, and current financial behaviors are a huge part of your success as a business owner, so make sure you take care of that. Eight, consistency is one of the hardest things to achieve, but when it comes to visibility and marketing online, you have to be consistent. Nine, selling is a service. Have a call to action, giving people the opportunity to engage with you and work with you. You're there to serve them. 10. Whatever path you want to go in, God will lead you down that path. So choose a path and take the steps. Ladies, I know time is one of your most valuable resources, and I thank you for spending it with me. Thank you really for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, will you share it with someone who you feel can also benefit? All you have to do is just send them the link from your iTunes app straight into their text or their WhatsApps, or you can share it on your Instagram stories, tag me, and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. And do remember that I opened the waiting list for my signature program, Jewish Money Makeover. And if you join the waiting list, you'll get exclusive access to bonuses prior to the the program opening its doors officially at the end of January. So that's going to be really fun. If you've been eager to work with me, you definitely want to join that waiting list. You definitely want those bonuses. Head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash waitlist and you'll hear from me. I'll give you all the details there. I hope you continue to have a wonderful Hanukkah and a vacation break if you get one. And I'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.